Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It is. And The Zone Sports Network. I think we're, we're very close. But I don't want to give anybody unexpected uh, high or high expectations to the people out there. But we have high hopes. And uh, I think we're very close. And I think we're going to come to something soon to where guys will at least have some group practices. which So we're leading the right, right direction. Facilities have opened. We're doing individual work. Hopefully we can do some you know group work soon. And then hopefully they announce something where we can be at a location where we can have some team practices and get ready to play some exhibition games. But I think we are close. And people can, you know, hope for the best, have high hopes, but just don't expect too much just yet. All right, Gordon, on the timetable to return for the NBA, uh, here's kind of how we stand. Right now, the NBA, and they have been doing this for a while, obviously, formulating some sort of plan for return. That plan, whatever it is, uh, will be run by the Board of Governors coming up on Friday, and then the NBA hopes for an announcement on or around Monday, the 1st uh, of June. That's kind of what we're looking at. Right now, we're getting bits and pieces of information leak out about what that return might look like or what is going to be run by the Board of Governors coming up on Friday. A couple of things that we found out today, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, because there was a conference call with the team presidents today, uh, and some of this is uh, the stuff that was uh, discussed. Um, most prominently, um, that they're progressing on a plan that would allow for a limited number of family members to join players uh, for the season's uh, resumption inside the an Orlando bubble environment. Uh, that was a big piece of news. The other piece that uh, that Woj reported is they were discussing bringing 16 teams back plus the four Western Conference teams that they deem still in the mix. That would be Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, and San Antonio. Um, Gordon, where do you want to start? Your thoughts on, uh, on what we learned about today? Well, let's go one by one. Uh, the, uh, the, having certain family members uh, to be uh, in contact with the players, it, it would be awfully hard to bottle these guys up completely. You know, Think about that. You're going to isolate them? Completely, I, I I don't think that's realistic, and so I think that's that that's a good idea for them. Just for, for the mental health of the players, uh, I think that's uh, would make things a lot better. And quite frankly, I think they play better and feel better adjusted in kind of a foreign environment. I like it because I can't really think of a reason why not to. Would it be necessary to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish to not allow Joe Ingles, for example, to bring his wife and kids? I mean, I I don't know, you know, if they're in the environment as well. I can't really think of a downside there because, I mean, you know, testing is going to be a part of this thing, obviously. So I, 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 I thought that was really good news, and I can't really think of a downside there. So I feel good for for players because, like you say, I think that'll put some of them. Uh, a little bit more at ease in a in a unique situation, and you would figure that the family members would be responsible if they uh, if they are initially tested and then they uh, you know do go follow certain guidelines, then uh, the risk is is lowered greatly. It should so, be fine, right? Yeah, you would think so. And if the players are continually being tested, then uh, all right then. I feel pretty good about that because I I don't want I just don't I think it's ask a lot to have a bunch of players bottled up together in one place, 
you know? It's a pretty big place, but yeah, I get what you're saying. No, but you know what I mean. I mean, who were they in contact with? Right. Only team members, and that's it? That's um, That could be a uh, a two-month road trip. Well, the, know, the depending NH- upon how, how long they go. The NHL and what we learned yesterday about what they plan to do, they're, uh, they are not allowing families, I believe, because the, the travel party from each team is going to be 50, which actually seemed like a really low number to me. What do you think the travel party for the NBA is going to look like? I mean, there's no, there's no doubt it's going to be trimmed down, but say, you know, uh, somebody from the marketing department, if they go, are they allowed to bring their family? And how does that work? I'm sure they'll have yeah. to, uh, to iron out those details because you want to keep the traveling party, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, as limited as as possible. So, are family members considered part of the the travel party? I don't know. I I don't know. It that, it seemed like they were excluded would, uh, in the NHL's plan, but I'm, yeah, that would be totally excluded. Right. There's no way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but outside of family, I mean, what do you think? You've got uh, you know what, 15 players and got the players, you staff. got a coaching staff, and some of the coaching staffs are larger than others, but they're substantial. You got the training staff. You got um, equipment uh, managers. Yeah, uh, you got uh, what, uh, public relations people. Um, You'd probably have to have at least like a pool reporter. I mean, somebody from the media would have to go. I would guess. Are they not broadcasting these games? Well, they are going to broadcast, and how that would look would be interesting. I mean, are you going to have local broadcasts? Uh, like, is Bowler going to be in a studio somewhere calling it on TV, or is it? You know, does does Bowler go and and Harpering are they part of the travel party and that it's simulcast on radio? Do they do everything with just a TNT crew, but air it on a on a local network? I mean, I I don't know. I I would think they there's a number of solutions out there based on the the capacity of people. I mean, in an ideal world, bring everybody. Let's do this Disney World for months. Let's let's make it happen. You know, but uh, see, I, I, don't I don't think I they're going to do that. I, yeah, I think it is more ideal to keep it somewhat limited. Just to uh, yeah limit the exposure, so uh, yeah we'll we'll see how that turns out. Uh, what, what do you think it, about the, the, other... the the playoffs? What was discussed? And again, this is just uh, leaked news from a discussion that took place amongst the uh, the team presidents today. But uh, sixteen teams who are already in the playoff, or mm-hmm. uh, as the the season has come to a halt, and then uh, four teams from the Western Conference in some way to play their way in, and those four teams are Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, and San Antonio that are on the outside looking in. I don't know how a play-in type of thing would work, but that's what was discussed today. So I'm just checking now the uh, the standings in the East. Why is the East being uh, – because they're farther back? I guess there's a – from the eighth spot to the ninth spot in the East is uh, – Five and a half games. Yeah, yeah. To, from between yeah. Orlando and Washington. Yes, and okay. let's see between Memphis, who's currently in the eighth spot in the West, and uh, San Antonio is four games. So, and those three teams in the middle—Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento—are all tied, uh, twenty-one and a half games back of first. So it's yeah. a little bit. It's definitely more of a bunch. I don't know how they arbitrarily draw the line with San Antonio. Maybe they want to include an even number of teams for a play-in. Uh, scenario. Austin uh, and I, as we discussed this before the show, said, "If you're the Wizards, are you are you bent out of shape? You know, you're only yeah. a game and a half further back than San Antonio." See, I wouldn't do that. I, I I would just let it be where it is. I would just have sixteen teams. 
and upset the stars of the teams that are close? Yep. They had their chance, and because it was unpredictable what happened, and certainly nobody could have forecast that that was going to happen the way it did, uh, it was it was equitable for everybody. It was equal. And so why why have that going on? I, I think that's peripheral and uh, unnecessary. I'm kind of with you on that. I either just cut it off at 16 and, and do a playoff or bring everybody back and get everybody that 70 game mark. I don't get yeah. I don't really get the in between because it would seem with this uh, solution, and again, nothing has been decided on. But with this solution, a bunch of franchises, probably or maybe all franchises, don't get to that seventy mark, and it's really a moot point. And you might as well just go with the sixteen, unless you think that those three teams tied three and a half games out of eighth spot in the West are really getting jobbed. I mean, that would really be the only that would be the only motivation is justice, and it doesn't sound like that's what you're prioritizing in this scenario. No, well, see, I'm not. I'm. I'm f- yeah, that's right. I, I just, yeah. Three uh, three games difference, and you're going to play how many more games? A handful of more games? Uh, I mean, I, it's possible. And we saw some crazy things happen at the end of the last regular season where uh, teams were jumping around all over the place. But th- a three-game differential there, uh, essentially, is, is, is quite a bit. Uh, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't do it. I've heard some people say that it would be beneficial for certain teams to play a couple more regular season games just to get the rust off and all that stuff. Oh, come on. No. I say start the playoffs right away and uh, make your adjustments on the fly. But I think that also would require uh, adequate training time getting ready for the season, for the postseason to begin again. That's what I if I were If I were Adam Silver, if I were Emperor for the day, I start to play. I go straight into the playoffs. And I, I think that, that would be of most interest to fans. Because fans, if you're going to reintroduce the NBA, who wants to go to a bunch of games that may end up just in – they may be duds. I think that in some way, shape, or form, we're going to see some preseason games. And maybe that's – Why? Why is that Because necessary? you have to play some games before the games count to get Why? things back. Because you you do. You need to give them an opportunity to get back into game shape and get back to the rhythm of playing basketball before the games count. Can't you do that with scrimmages? But see, that's the thing. Maybe it's just like a scrimmage, but they put it on TV. I mean, there's going to be no fans anyway. So what exactly is the difference between a game and a scrimmage other than it's something that they can put on TV? I guess it depends on how desperate everybody is. But if I'm if I'm going to watch a game between say Portland and uh, San Antonio and or uh, I don't know, whichever one of these teams would be least motivated, I don't want to see garbage basketball. And if one of these teams lost a first game and and I mean it could turn into just going through the motions. I understand you, you supposedly this idealistic Notion that people are going to that teams are going to be fully amped up and ready to go, and they want that last playoff spot so they have an opportunity to get crushed by the Lakers. I uh, I don't know how that's going to go. All right, well, well, call it it call it a scrimmage. Just put it on TV. Let me watch it. But don't that's you, where I'm you, at. I want to watch a you, basketball game. See, I would rather have, and maybe I'm crazy, 
but I think I would rather have a team have an adequate training, retraining camp, and then go right into play. Uh, because then the games mean something from the absolute jump, and people would into that in a big way. If you bring if you bring your NBA audience back to games that are duds or are less than what you're hoping them to be, uh, maybe people are so thirsty for any kind of competition that they would devour that. But I, I, I think it may bring you back on a sour note if teams don't care. Gordon, we've been following Korean baseball. I just like to point that out. <laughs> that we have picked, eleven to one. Have, Samsung won last night. We have picked Woo! teams in the Korean baseball league. We uh, are sitting here paying attention to Korean baseball because we need some sports to care about. How's so, doing? So put I, I... put the practices on TV. Put the scrimmages on TV. Put the the them shooting from half court for money on TV. Let's just bring back basketball in some way, shape, or form. I don't need it to be a playoff game. I don't care. I just want to see it. Uh, the ball tipped off, and I want to see some competition, and I want to see the 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 players play. Bring well, it on! Bring it on! That I, it's uh, two ways of looking at it. One, you're really thirsty. You can give them warm, baked-over water that's been sitting out in the sun. Or you can give them a tall glass of ice-cold beverage and right from the beginning. And, boy, is that going to go down easy. Okay, but what, what you're, the, the part of your analogy you're missing is you have to ask the thirsty person not to <laughs> consume anything for another month. <laughs> dirty hot dog water is better than no water. Right, exactly. It's like, here, you can have this dirty hot dog water, or you could wait for a month and I'll hook you up with that lemonade. I'm taking the hot dog water. What's hot dog water taste like? Not great. Have you had it? Uh, have, you, have you had it? Not intentionally. <laughs> have you had, what, what kind of water have you ever had that had some sort of flavoring to it that was uh, not... Flavorful, and I don't know. Positive. I went, I went water skiing in Utah Lake once. And <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, uh, the, the, got some water that wasn't too toxic good there. waste there. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't, really or was it algae? My buddy used uh, one of our cups on a road trip once for other things, and the other guy didn't know he did it and took a swig. Oh, I've seen that before. Uh, was had it been properly disposed of, or did he think it was? <laughs> There was some Mountain Dew left in it the night before. <laughs> oh, my God. The guy used it to relieve oh himself. Oh, you're actually no. thinking of something different than I was. So and how about that? The other guy thought it was just Mountain Dew still. Well, that's not good. Mm. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, good times. So uh, but that's the, better than, well, maybe not. The thirst is real, however. And we, we are having some details emerge. I do think that's positive news about the families and, you know, the how this thing is going to look is going to bring some uh, some from fun debate to it i think well at least nobody's arguing over who's going to get paid what at least not right now well I mean, <laughs> nothing this base, is this baseball thing just i mean it's just bad bad look for mlb let's talk a little bit about the jazz now that we're talking about the nba possibly returning let's talk about this jazz team coming back uh particularly sans uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, but I, I want to start with how concerned are you about um, having things come back and pick up where they left off? Uh, there's just I think that's an impossibility. 
it, it can't happen. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be like it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, when you think about the adjustments the Jazz were making and players having to learn new roles, some of them more complex than others, some of them causing players to think before they acted, which is enough in the NBA to cause problems. And I, I don't think I, I, that it would look like that. I think there be, might be some rustiness, maybe some errant passes, that kind of thing. But uh, I think that by now, Mike Conley has processed what Quinn Snyder would want him to do. And I think you would see him play much better than he did at the start of the season. However, you still got to make up for the loss of Boyan Bogdanovich, which right. means that Joe Ingles, who is a better handler of the ball and a better passer than Bogdanovich, He's not quite the scorer that that uh, that Boyan is, but he can he can maybe fill in the gaps for his loss. But who's going to fill in the gaps for the loss at the defensive end? Not that Boyan Bogdanovich is any kind of great defender. He's not. But who will be? You know, Joe Ingles is a better defender than Boyan Bogdanovich, and then you got Royce O'Neal, and who you got after that other than the big man back in the back? So. Speaking offensively, just for a minute, uh, Gordon, and I, I think you're right about. I, I think the defense—it's another body. I think you're right that we're, you know, it's not like Bogdanovich was taking the other team's best player out of the game, but you're one other guy short on defense, and you'll have to to figure out a way, uh, you know, to to around that. And I think your point about Joe Ingles is right on the money. But speaking offensively for just a moment, and taking off uh, on on what you were talking about, Mike Conley, I think. I think this all hinges so much on Mike Conley. And here's my point. Boyan Bogdanovich developed into the Jazz number 2 offensively, and he fit the role remarkably well. Averaged 20 points a game. Great production. He was another threat on the floor. He could uh, spread the floor by shooting that 3. And uh, that's that's where I think his loss is most impactful. So with that in mind, and, and I'll ask you this kind of loaded question because I certainly have my opinion on it, but who is the most likely candidate on the Jazz to step into that number two offensive role? Well, I would say Mike Conley. 100%. I think you're right on the money. I think you could make an argument for Rudy Gobert, uh, depending on, on the matchup and, and what team they're playing, but I, I think you're right on the money. I think Mike Conley is the most equipped to step into that number two role and thrive, and I think they need to adjust uh, with that in mind, and it might be a little complex, like because or because he's the point guard. Maybe you have to move him off the ball a little bit. I don't know, but I think that's what you've got to figure out, right? How do you get Mike Conley playing well enough where he can be the number two guy on offense on a threatening playoff team? And I well, think that's possible. I just don't know if it's likely. During the regular season, he scored thirteen point eight points a game, and he shot like forty percent from the floor. Going to need not, more than that. that. That's not good enough. Yep. And he got four, four and a half assists or whatever. Mike Conley is a better player than that, and and I think that even though we've had this layoff, Conley has been thinking and rehearsing in his mind what Quinn Snyder wants him to do, and I think that isn't a waste of time. It isn't like it's time lost. Uh, it's benefited Mike Conley, and we'll see if he's physically in good enough shape. And he's got a gym right there, so I would imagine he would be. Uh, I think Mike Conley's your guy. They need 20 point a night, Mike Conley. 
Yeah, and maybe and that's maybe what that's he did last season. Right, maybe that's too steep a standard. But but thirteen point a game, Mike Conley, that's not going to cut it. Nope, I agree one hundred percent. So uh, we'll we'll see. But once again, I mean, this is this feels like the theme of the season, Gordon. The Jazz being a really good team or being a good team hinges on on the play of Mike Conley. Whether fans like it or not, that's that's the position this team's in right now. The question then becomes: Was the difficulty that we saw in Mike Conley's game early in the season was that mental or was it physical or a combination of both? Because if it's physical, then the Jazz might be in trouble. That's a real problem. Yep. I'm with yeah, you. Because if he's not good enough anymore, then that you know, what are you going to do with that? Uh, you can still be a crafty point guard, I guess, but not not in the role that you just described. Yep. He's got to be physically capable of doing it. And and I I saw enough of Mike Conley on the positive to believe that he can be that again that he's not washed up. I don't know because I don't know because if he's fully healthy, right? I mean, he had some injuries linger. Right. Uh, throughout the season, and that I'm sure played an impact on how well or not well he played. So you would think coming into this thing, he's going to be pretty close, if not 100. percent I would hope so, anyway. And uh, maybe that gets out of the way. I'm not sure, Gordon. I think I think that question you ask right there has got to be what keeps Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck up at night. You know, why wasn't it as seamless as maybe some expected? And maybe it was unfair. Some of us expecting it to be seamless. Maybe that wasn't realistic, but. I don't know. I don't know if if this is what they expected. Does that make any sense? I think most everybody probably expected a little bit more, or for it at least to work a little bit better. Is that fair, believe, or I'm out of yeah, line? The Jazz wouldn't have wouldn't have uh, gotten involved with Mike Conley if they if their expectations hadn't been a little higher than what the reality was. Right. Right. If they knew he was going to play that way. And I understand that he played a certain way for the Grizzlies for a long, long time. But I thought Mike Conley was instinctual and, and bright enough to be able to to get all this figured out sooner than he did. And the injuries that you mentioned didn't help him. But, but I think he is to a point now where he can do that. And the break won't hurt him. Uh, the way some people might think. So I would expect him to be considerably better than the early part of the season and more along the lines of what we were starting to see uh, in the latter stages before everything come, came to a stop. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.